Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Oilseed rape area has increased significantly over the past two years, primarily driven by high prices. The yields in 2022 were excellent, with most growers achieving close to 5 tonnes per hectare or 2 tonnes per acre. The weather during harvest and early September allowed planting to be completed in mostly good conditions. However, soils were very dry, which compromised the initial establishment of many crops. However, crops have grown strongly through September and October in response to the warm weather. But the wet weather in October and November is a worry for many growers, as this weather usually drives foliar disease. There hasn't been much chance so far to take any action in crops as neither the weather nor the ground conditions have been suitable. The recent dry weather hopefully will change ground conditions and there might be a chance to take some action over the coming week. Dr. Stephen Kilday, a researcher in Chagas, joins me today to chat through the crop and if actions are needed. Stephen, you might give us an idea of what your opinion on crops are out there at the moment. Yeah, I must say I've been in a few crops there in the last couple of days and uh, what I was in, yeah, we have some very good looking crops there at the moment, being honest. There's some, there has been some very good growth. They were put in in great conditions. So they're flying it at the moment, which is a good thing. Any idea then what sort of um, green area index or GI, as you call it, or total biomass is out there in crops at the moment? Yeah, look, there, there's a lot of a lot of biomass there. Any crops that went in in very good conditions, were able to hoover up any nutrients that were there. They had a good start. Um, so look, one in Oak Park here was it's a probably above uh, a GIF of three. Um, I suppose that's not all crops. There's some crops that are a little bit behind that, but in general, I think yeah, they're all looking fairly good. So was that a good thing or a bad thing then in terms of the disease control or does it, in terms of disease development rather than control? We get control in a minute. Yeah, in terms of disease development, look, what is good for the crop is good for the pathogen. Um, now, that said, look, I, the crops we were in, uh, two crops in, in Oak Park, one, I suppose, actually, I should say, both crops have a high high level of FOMA present, um, which I suppose, given the the mild sort of September that we had, and, and temperatures in general being quite high and quite humid, it isn't that big of a su- surprise. From the aspect then of having a good crop and a good canopy, it is a good thing from a FOMA perspective because really FOMA is it's it's stem canker is the problem that it causes. So the, the pathogen has a, has the lesions on the leaf that you can see, the black pycnidian, et cetera, but it actually has to grow down into the PTO. So that's where the issue arises. So if you have a small crop, small canopy, small leaves, it's a lot easier for it. It doesn't have as far to go. And um, while if you've got a big leaf, big canopy, it has a little bit further to go, definitely. So it can be good from that aspect. Maybe you might give us an idea of the other diseases that that we might see in crops at the moment, and we might just come back then to specifics in in terms of how we might control them. Yeah, I suppose the other disease that we we I I, I struggled to see in one crop in Oak Park, but I was able to find it quite readily in in the second is light leaf spot, um, and I suppose this is the one that probably would would be of more concern from an Irish perspective because it it can get in I suppose and, and cause a lot of damage when those buds are emerging in, in early spring. So it is there. Um, I suppose the case of the the first crop, what I said where I struggled to see it, it may be a case that it's there and I just wasn't able to visually see it in the field, taking some samples in put them in a bag hot boxing them maybe for for two days and you, you might be able to see those the lesions and i suppose the the the, the spores which look in the leaf like like grains of salt um but in the second crop while it wasn't every leaf or every plant that i looked at it was easy enough to to find it so definitely was there so the difference then on, on the two different crops because you mentioned earlier one crop is quite a big crop and the other crop was a, a smaller crop but maybe on other years you'd be happy enough with it 
Where were you struggling to see it, Stephen? Was it the bigger or the smaller crop? It was actually the smaller crop. Or Sorry, it was the bigger crop. It, I was struggling to see it. I was finding it easier in the smaller crop. Now, what I would say is that because I could, I was struggling to see it in that bigger crop doesn't mean that it's not there. Look, this is the one disease that more than likely is there. It's just not at the level that we're able to see it readily in the field. Uh, it can be difficult enough to actually see, being honest. And especially when you've got those big leaves, it might be difficult to miss maybe small lesions. While on the smaller crop, there's smaller leaves. Yeah, there's less actually green to capture my eye, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if both crops had it. And um, if you go back, maybe, Stephen, you go back over the weather, it's been very wet basically for the last, what, six, six or eight weeks now at this stage. Was the was the weather conducive to the spread? It certainly was a former because you said you've seen it there. But was it is it conducive to the spread of like leaf spot as well? Oh, absolutely. Look, light leaf spot is is a wet weather disease. Full stop. Um, I suppose the temperatures you might say maybe were a little bit high. They were in the late teens there for a while. I think light leaf spot tends to favour a little bit cooler. Um, but definitely for the month of of uh, I suppose November where we did actually temperatures came down a little bit, and it was very wet. Look, they they were ideal day conditions for for light leaf spot. Being honest, you know. Okay, so we would expect then that. Given the fact that uh, many varieties out there are reasonably resistant, does that make any difference in terms of the spread of that, or, or, or are they probably still in the in the zone of of getting a significant infection? Look, from an IPM perspective, resistance is a, a key source. Varietal resistance is a key source, and the the more we have, the better. Now that said, as this is a polycyclic sort of uh, disease or, or pathogen. It, once it gets going in the crop, it will start to produce a lot of inoculum, which I suppose even in a resistant variety come, um, I suppose, early spring, if the conditions are, are right over the next two months or right over the next two months, we could e- easily have epidemics in, in, in quite resistant crops. So it is one that definitely I would be keeping an eye on. So just going back for the uneducated lads like me, polycyclic, you, you mentioned, is that what you said? Polycyclic? Yeah, yeah. So basically, what are mean... you talking about there? <laughs> and back, back, back away from all that scientific yeah. stuff there. You're, you're talking to, to, to lads like me underground. Oh, no, I struggle with it sometimes myself, Michael, being honest. <laughs> now. No, basically, it's able to complete its life cycle a number of times within the cropping season. So basically, uh, every couple of weeks, it's probably producing new spores. So imagine now, if we have it in, in that crop where I said, look, we, we, we can readily see it. It means that that spores, they've been produced. They're being splashed. If there's any bit of rain over the next month or next couple of weeks, they'll be splashed around and they'll start a new cycle themselves. And within a, a couple of weeks, they'll be producing spores, which will be splashed around again and producing uh, more infection. So basically, it's able to complete a number of these cycles within the season. And really, uh, what's important is that if the conditions in terms of its development and spread, so as I say, that slightly cooler, but also, again, look, uh, we need rain to splash these spores around. If they sort of conti- if those conditions continue for the next two months, as the buds are emerging, there'll be quite a lot of inoculum there I'd say even in some of those more resistant varieties, if the conditions, as we have had over the last, I suppose, couple of weeks, have started that sort of process by providing the conditions to allow that first infection to occur, three or four more cycles of those by the time it comes to early early spring, middle of February, there'll be plenty of inoculum about. So just to put it in context, and you mentioned there's lots of FOMA there as well, uh, and there's potentially a load of light leaf spot. If... We, if that went um, and, and conditions uh, were conducive to that kind of spread, and it kind of got into the, the, the plants and it kind of done and it, and it tried to do as much damage as it could, 
what sort of yield decreases would you be looking at in an uncontrolled scenario? Ooh, in an uncontrolled scenario, look, we, I suppose the likely spot is the one, if it takes out the terminal racine, it can take out a, a, a quite a significant chunk of yield, 20% of yield potentially in terms of that. Um, the FOMA, from an Irish perspective, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a huge amount of impact from a FOMA in terms of stem canker. But the potential there is actually, look, you could get crops lodging, early senescence, if there is canker there and you get a high level of that. And that's where its impact is. The light leaf spot, as I say, gets onto the buds, can damage the buds, abort, uh, abort them, um, pod sort of sites and things like that. And it'll continue potentially even on, get on the stems, get on the, 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 the pods as they're developing. So it can cause quite a bit of damage. The FOMA, okay. it is all dependent on it getting in and causing that canker. Uh, and then, of course... Yeah. Uh, yeah, early senescence lodging. Okay. So then in terms of control, you mentioned uh, about green bud stage. Is it, uh, you know, do we, or does a farmer kind of think, um, which are, I'll, I'll try and get in before that, maybe a week or two before that green bud stage, and w- would that be good enough? Or is there a scenario where we need to go in now and come back in again? What's the thinking? Yeah, so look, what I would say, if you have if you have light leaf spot, you have FOMA that you're going to have to treat, uh, I suppose that FOMA might be the one. If you have to treat, if you've got a high level of FOMA there in the field, you're going to have to treat. The chemistry that we'll be using there would probably be sort of controlling light leaf spot also. But in specifically the light leaf spot at the bud stage, if you're sort of saying, okay, maybe I'll go that little bit earlier and I'll, I'll, I'll stop the disease there. If, the, if we've allowed the disease to develop over the winter months, and of course, this is going to be dependent on, on I suppose, the, the variety to start with that gives that sort of a base sort of level of resistance, and then the conditions that are from now through to that sort of bud stage, there may well be sufficient amount of inoculum in that crop that even going that bit early, you're not actually going to be able to stop that disease because it'll get onto the early buds. So really what you're looking for in that will be to protect those early buds. Now, the aspect of going now is going to be a case of actually almost bringing that cycle back or that epidemic, delaying it a little bit so that actually it doesn't peak at the bud stage. But again, that is to some extent all going to depend on, on the weather conditions that we do have. Now, as I say, if you are controlling FOMA, the, the chemistry that we're going to be using, look, we're relying a lot on prothiokinazole, and um, we'll also be controlling the light leaf spot. But if you have if you have high levels of light leaf spot in the crop, and we look, you'd be talking more than ten percent of crops sort of infected, uh, plants infected, then there's a there's quite of a level of inoculum there, and it may need to be knocked back a bit because, as I say, the conditions over the next few months, it'll only build up more and more inoculum. Okay, so you mentioned prothiokinazole or proline, as most other people might actually know it. Um, so from that point of view, will that do the trick in terms of light leaf spot and FOMA in the one pass? Or do we need something else? No, it, it, it will, being honest, um, it will. Now, what I would say is, look, we have, we've had a PhD student here who's just completed or completed her PhD, Diana Bakur, on, on light leaf spot. And she's done an awful lot of work on the sensitivity of the azoles. And look, and there is some indication that there are shifts in the population in terms of sensitivity occurring. Um, now, they're not as dramatic as they would be in septoria, but it is an indication that we do need to be aware of, of, of managing these uh, chemistries. Definitely probably a bigger shift to tebuconazole. And, and, and we know that from a light leaf spot, leaf spot perspective, it's not quite as good as prothio. Um, but we do have to be aware that, look, the more we use them, 
the more that we will push that population. So that comes back to the sort of the aspect in terms of, look, if you have no FOMA, it's very clean, there's no lightly spot in, in the field at the moment, it would be questioned whether you need to go out with with uh, with with that application for lightly spot at this stage. However, if you do have FOMA, it will have to be managed. Um, and if there is lightly spot in the crop, it should be should be managed also at this stage. So it is going to be an aspect of, look, get into the crop, see what's there. So you mentioned a 10% infection level for light leaf spot. And in FOMA, is it something similar in terms of a threshold? It is, but again, it comes back down to the canopy too, because it comes back to that conversation that we had just a few minutes ago, that if you've got a bigger leaf, it's going to be harder for that disease um, to actually get down into the into the petiole. And imagine now that as the temperatures get colder, not, not only does the plant sort of slow down in its growth, but also the pathogen will be slowing down in its growth. So you would have a higher sort of a level, you'd be looking for more infection on those bigger crops. Um, than if you had a very small crop, then yeah, it would be more at risk. Okay. So in terms of um, rates, do you have any recommendations on that in terms of the, the standard pathia rate would probably be 0.8 of a litre per hectare, is that... I think it would be, moment? yeah, no, you could be, it would be lower in, in, in oilseed rape. You would be going lower. And again, it comes back to actually, look, what are we trying to achieve? We're just trying to, from a formal perspective, we're stopping it where it is at at the moment. Uh, it's progression as the temperature will cool down, will be slower. So you, you'd be sort of sort of banking on that to a certain extent to help in terms of the progression there. Um, and again, canopy size will have come into this and, and the level of infection that will be there. From the light leaf spot perspective, you're trying to basically slow it down from developing pretty okay. much so um, I don't think you'd necessarily need to be going with the full rate and again look the aspect of resistance management would be saying look you can tailor back that rate a bit and we we know I suppose we have very big canopies out there and maybe in other years uh, there'll be an awful lot of talk about growth regulation what's your thinking about that I suppose given the fact that weather is now going to cool down quite a lot and growth will reduce quite a bit where, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, so when you're talking about the growth regulation, look, when we've been talking about Bathia, we're, we're really talking about whether uh, other azoles such as Mekon or, or Tebican azole are, are actually a specific growth regulator reg, regulator itself. Um, I suppose I'd like to be looking at the weather and sort of saying, look, if it's going to be cooling down, that's going to slow down growth dramatically. Um, and I'd be asking then the question, does that crop need a growth regulator? The other thing is, look, we wanted to hoover up as much in and we don't necessarily, even if it is growing, we don't want to be slowing it down even further um, because look, nitrogen, the price it is and things like that, um, we don't want to be losing a huge amount of that. We want to capture as much as possible. Is there still a chance, Stephen, to, to, to go back at the growth regulation if needed in the springtime? Oh, yes, of course there is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there'll be, I suppose, ample opportunity before. Well, you'd hope there'd be ample opportunity. Of course, it's going to depend on the weather conditions, whether we can get into fields or not. Um, but there should be before it really kick into gear. Okay, so somewhere in kind of late February, early March, kind of thing, just there should be a bit of time to get back yeah, in. Yeah, should be. Yeah. And control a bit with, with, with some of those. Okay, so let's cover off most of that. Um, I suppose, look, the other side of it is probably a little bit of, uh, and it's not necessarily your area, but in terms of um, some of the weed control, d d any idea whether the, the fungicides are relatively compatible with the weed control options out there at the moment? Yeah, as far as I know, there shouldn't be any any major issues. Being honest, um, with the fungicides, if you are if you are getting into a field to put out a, a herbicide, whether you can or not, is is a different sort of question. But I don't think there should be any issues with putting the fungicides in. Shouldn't be. Okay, Stephen, look, that's brilliant. I think that's that that, that gives people a fairly decent idea. Get out in the field as we as we normally say in this podcast. Uh, you, you don't know anything until you walk. 
get out, have a look for the light leaf spot. If you see it fairly readily, we're probably saying go and, and put an application on. If you can see it, we're saying put it, get, collect up what, 10 or 20 leaves from around the field, stick yep. it into a bag, stick that into a nice warm place, have a look at that um over the uh, about after about two days if you see that kind of salting type uh, kind of white lesions kind of thing on it um you probably have a decent level of 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 light leaf spot there if you don't you don't and there's no great need to spray with that kind of sum it up a bit i think that that'd be pretty much it michael being honest um look as i as i think even with myself when i'm looking at it once you see one generally you'll you'll see another leaf that will have it that's the way if it's if it's in the field it tends to it tends to be a case that it becomes one becomes everything, if you know what I mean. It's it's quite rapid that aspect of it. Okay. You're training your eye to, to see what you're looking at, I suppose, as often as one too. Exactly, exactly. But you can't do that if you're sitting sit, sitting in a car passing by at 30 minutes an hour. <laughs> no, you def- most definitely can't. Stephen, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. We'll, we'll have you back again, uh, maybe to chat about this again to kind of see where crops are going right. at that stage. No problem, Mike. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Stephen for joining me on the podcast. Finally, don't forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.